is fat and racist. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the What You Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the exhausted, marvelous Mike Dudley, joined as always by my co-host and younger brother, MD3, Marcus Dudley, checking in with you. What is going on out there in podcast land? Good to see you all. Thank you for tuning in. So, Mike, what's been going on, man? Just been working, 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 working. I've uh, got got a chance to catch up on uh, a movie you and I have talked about previously, which we'll get into. Okay. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, I have had the pleasure of seeing it three times. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain my thoughts on it. It, it just kind of happened. I was... I saw it by myself and I was going to go with somebody and then he backed out so I ended up just going by myself. And then another friend invited me and I had already, I forgot that I had promised him I'd go a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. And then a third friend invited me and I was like... Well, you and I? Oh, yeah, yeah. So me and you as well. That's right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you and I went the second time and then a third friend invited me and I was like, all right, shit, let's do it. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about all that. Um, other than that, man, yeah, uh, we want to invite everybody to reach out to us on Facebook you can find us at the Dudley Bros Podcast. If you search What You've Been Watching on Facebook, you can find us there. Mike, you want to hit him with the email address? Uh, it's what you've been watching at gmail.com. And we will happily answer any of your uh, emails, letters, concerns. Uh, if you guys have any ideas for, you know, I, our thoughts on some of your favorite movies, maybe we'll, we'll look into getting into some of that. Or if you have suggestions for. Maybe something that we've been, you know, leaving off the table and, and you think is a glaring error on our part. We'd love to hear from you. So please check in. Come join the Legion. Yeah, we love the feedback. So please don't feel shy to hit us up. We'll get you that at the top of the, the podcast as opposed to the end. Also, Marcus's number if you want to reach him. Right. <laughs> 1-800-HOT-LIPS. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyways, here's the question that everybody wants to know, man. What you been watching, bro? Uh, been watching a lot of uh, Battlestar Galactica, the reboot series from I want to say it was it was two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. Okay. Uh, starring the incomparable Eddie James Olmos and Mary McDonnell and Katie, Trisha Helfer, Katie uh, Sackhoff, Katie Sackhoff, a couple of others. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just been getting pretty deep into that. That's been my uh, comfort view for the for the day you know when i come home at the end of the at the end of the night and i'm trying to just settle in i'll put on some bsg and get transported away to a galaxy of turmoil and political intrigue and war and And frack the word frack (laughs) cylons it's weird i'm not a big battlestar galactica fan i'm sure i would get into it um but i just never was um when i was living in maryland um my friend of mine her roommate was um Named her cats Starbuck, Hilo, and there was another one I forgot. Hollow. No, nah, I can't. It was a third one, but it Boomer. was a, yeah, Boomer, Boomer. Boomer. That's okay. it. Yeah, Boomer. Yeah, yeah. But I call Buck Buck a do all the time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, good kitties. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, let's see. I'll do a little. What you've been playing? Uh, I think we both know the answer to that. Uh, X Men Legends Two on GameCube. Yes, yeah. sir. We have had a, a turmoil with this video game. Oh we my got. God. We played it when Michael first came back from the Coast Guard, really religiously, and uh, it's pretty much like a dungeon crawling game where you just go around and beat up enemies, level up, advance your stats, yada yada yada, beat classic X-Men foes and villains and stuff like that. And in the meanwhile, you get pieces of Tony Stark's armor to unlock him. And there's five acts, and Michael and I got to the fourth act, and we were playing it like damn good religious, religiously, yeah, yeah, and we were getting there. And uh, 
finally got our team exactly the way we wanted it. Everybody had their powers that was, yep. you know, we were jamming on. We could just cruise through this and we're, we're answering all the trivia questions and geeking out to all the like little fan services that they do in the game. We're like, oh my God, they brought in Sugar Man and oh, that's Archangel. Man. Yeah, geeking out. And all of a sudden the game would crash every time we tried to play it. Yeah. And not like within 10 minutes, like the first time I did it, it was like we played for an hour and we we're like, ah, stuff happens. And then it did it like 45 minutes, 30 minutes, and then almost instantly after right. that, it was just like... Every two minutes, like to the point where you couldn't even advance, and we were just like, fuck this. Yep. yep. So I, in my quest, everybody, if you don't know, I am huge into retro video games. And so we have a copy of it. I go up to Maryland. They have a second copy at another retro video game store. I buy it. I'm thinking, okay, it's the game's fault. It's, it's the game that's broken. Turns out it was the save file, so we had to start fresh from uh, square one. And so far, I'm not even going to say it, but uh, well, I am going to say it. But no glitches so far. Um, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. That background noise is Michael's dog scratching. If You can't tell, but she'll be all right. Um, yeah, so we had to restart from over, and I've been grinding trying to get us back to uh, where we were. And we're finally there, so we're That's about right. to... We finally advanced past where we were, so... It's been a commitment, and we are dedicated to beating that game. So, uh, yeah, that's what's been going on there. Yeah, let it never be said that we never fully committed to bullshittery. Yeah, we go. I double <laughs> Things down. that don't matter, we are fully in. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I've also, I've been going, I've told y'all this before, I've been going back and playing Pokemon Red and Blue Generation 1. I got a Game Boy Advance with a SP or whatever. And a good friend of mine, my coworker Justin, I mentioned him on the podcast before. He's a coworker. I consider him a friend. Um, he's like, hey, I have a, a Game Boy Advance as well. And so I've never had all three starting Pokemon in my entire <laughs> life. I want Charizard, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. And that's that's the team I want to take to uh, you know Victory Road or whatever. And I finally get so excited. He finally loans me. He's such a nice guy. He loans me his Game Boy Advance. And I got the other copy and I'm starting to play. And the connector cables I got don't work for it. So I got to get a whole new set of connector cables and it set me back and I'm just, I was so disappointed. I'm like, you mother The ongoing saga of just like, I just, I just want to live my video game dreams. Is that so much to ask? I, I just, I just, why can't I be a Pokemon master for once in my goddamn life? I know, dude. It's, <laughs> I asked for so precious little <laughs> and I had it in my head. I was like, I'm going to start the game because uh, I've been playing blue. I'm going to start red, get the starter, trade it. Or you have to get two Pokemon. So catch one, trade it. Do the same thing. Start like restart the game. Get right. the other one. Start it. Trade and then do the same thing three more times. So when I start the other game, I'm going to trade them all back, and that one can have. So I can just be ready to roll. So on it's all the old cylinders. shell game. The shell game. And I, I had this big vision in my head. And shout out to Justin, man. Most people just don't come off hardware like that. But he was like, he understands the vision. <laughs> he does. He's a retro gamer himself. He, he's got all kinds of cool shit. Justin's cool as hell in the sense he's like, he's he's younger than me, so he's a little bit of a hipster, but he's not a douchebag about it. Like if, you ask, <laughs> if you ask him about some of his interests, he'll talk about like a tea a tea brewing set that he got, where he gets the actual flowers of the tea and, or the, and all that shit. And the, so he has odd interests, but he's not like a doucher about it. You know, he's, he's super cool dude, man. I, That's I cool. genuinely like hanging out with him. I'm blessed with uh, cool coworkers. But, shout out to Justin. Yeah, shout out to Justin, man. Hopefully you're listening. If not, we still love you, buddy. Um, he's listening. We have legions. We do. He's listening. Millions of fans. Everybody listens. 
Other than that, got a raise at work recently, so that's yeah. been cool. So yeah, yeah, it's been good things, man. So we're moving up there. Um, yeah, moving on up. Yeah, moving on up. Yeah, but uh, so that's kind of what's been checking in with me. But other than that, what you've been watching besides Battlestar Galactica? We hit the what you've been playing or subsection of what you've been watching podcast. Uh, made a trip to the illustrious Cap City Video Lounge. Big shout out to Kevin, the proprietor there, and Miss Bootsy Kid herself. Uh, yeah, uh, rented a couple movies uh, and saw The Halfway House, which is this really great intentional B movie. Like it knows exactly what it is the entire time. It's it's just. It knows that it's just cheesy special effects and gratuitous nudity and bad acting and and cheesy one-liners and and bad names. One of the characters is a a, a detective named Dick Sheen. Nice. If that gives you any indication of of where we're going on this. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to take place at a halfway house for wayward and runaway women and... All of the women are supposed to be playing like 18, 19, 20 years old, and they are very clearly like just entering their 30s. <laughs> At best, like there's a couple where you're like, oh, like you probably have a baby with a baby on the way. Like that's right. Like, like your kid has a kid at this point. Damn. <laughs> like, Damn. Uh, so, but it's, it's great. It never takes itself too seriously. It's, it's basically an HP Lovecraft sort of sorcery like there's they're feeding maidens to the interdimensional beast in the basement kind of thing yeah i saw one of those scenes you invited me in your room to watch it it's it's hilarious it's hilarious yeah i mean it's it's all like the best b b movie actors in los angeles converged into into one and uh just just great cheesy homemade special effects that's it's it's never too gory like it's never ultra violent uh, well, I mean, it gets a little rapey, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but, like, the, the, the gore is stuff and, and, and stuff is never so gratuitous and so, like, visceral that, like, it's grotesque to watch. It's actually, like, funny and entertaining to, to see it. Yeah, we were talking about that on the last podcast. Like, I don't mind violence and stuff like that, but, like, if I know what I'm getting into, it's it almost gets a free pass. Like, if I know that it's a B-movie and it's right. going for the, like, I have no problem for, like, oh, hey, we're going for shock value here because that's what's going to hook you for the next, you know, 85 minutes or whatever. Well, but like I mean, that. like, 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 like a movie like Bone Tomahawk, where they have the one scene, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, or, or... There, there's a difference between that and, like, an Akira Kurosawa movie or a... a Shaw Brothers movie, or a you know, like like there's different levels of violence and gore, and and there's the or, or like a Saw movie or Hostel or something like that, where like the violence is so real and so visceral, it's almost disgusting to look at, as opposed to like a Shaw Brothers, where like somebody gets their hand cut off and just like a fountain of of blood is just spewing out, and it's like comical, you right, know, like right. like. It, it's like watching an MMA fight versus pro wrestling or something. Yeah, I got you. No, it makes sense. I um, also check off your pro wrestling bingo Check box. off your pro wrestling bingo <laughs> boxes. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I love when a B-movie can know what it is. Again, I'm not like anti-violence, anti-any of that stuff, but like it's, well, in life, yes. Right, right, cinema, right. In right. cinema, you know. But like when it knows what it is and it's like, dude, we're going for cheesy gore. Like, yeah. I love it. I love, That's why I still don't mind like a Friday the 13th or like 
one of those because like you know what you're getting. Right. Like, we're right. here for this. Right. Right. You know? right. This is the ride I signed up for. But like, yeah. If you just, it's not like you're. It's not like you signed up for the carousel and you're getting like the drop of death or something. Exactly. Like, you know what you're getting into when you just go for smut and you're just like, oh, cool, man, thanks. But so, what do you rate it? What's your uh, what's our uh, our meter here? Uh, I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it two and a half out of four miniature. Eldritch Gods. Sounds great. Sounds good. Sounds good. I like it. So yeah, big thumbs up here on that. Um, other than that, I know we watched something together. We are both diehard fans of um, your mom's house podcast. I've had a chance to see Tom Segura live. I've seen Bert. We, we went and saw yeah, Bert we, Kreischer. Yeah, we saw Bert Kreischer live here in Tallahassee, Florida. And um, his wife, Christina Pazitsky, uh, Christina P., just dropped a new special on Mother's Day mm-hmm. called Mom Jeans, which... Anybody that's a fan of YMH, it's littered with references, and um, man, I dug it, dude. I, I I thought she really knocked it out of the park. Like, it was it was surprise not surprisingly funny. I don't want to say surprising, but like I don't know much about her. Like I hadn't seen much of her comedy before, so it was really good to like go into it almost fresh faced and be like, oh, she is really good at what she does. Um, it's very Gen X oriented. I mean, she talks about motherhood and sort of growing up in the 90s and, and that sort of thing a lot. It's, Being an Eastern European, stuff like that. And- yeah, like Im- like child of an immigrant, but also growing up in like Hollywood that's very, like one of the most American cities. Yeah, she's an uh, Angelino through and through, or an Angelina through and through. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. I, I, I thought it was uh, very well put on. She makes a lot of your mom's house references. Yeah, um, you're gorgeous. Mwah. Right, Stuff like right. that. I was as fat as Burt Kreischer. Yeah, a lot of YMH <laughs> references. I, uh, I've seen her other stuff, too. I mean, I, obviously, I listen to their podcast just about every week. We both do. We're both, right. We both keep our jeans very high and very tight. Hi, mommies. Yeah, hi, mommies, if you're out there. Um, so I saw Mother Inferior. I thought it was good, but I wasn't... Wasn't blown away. I wasn't blown away. Yeah. It's funny. There's. I, I also, um, Angie, my girlfriend has a my, my wonderful girlfriend. I love you very much, sweetheart. But um, she has a Sirius XM in her car, and they have the Netflix as a joke radio thing. Mm-hmm. So I listen to a lot of her stuff that's on there too. That they'll they'll play. They play segments of stand ups at the end, uh, stand up bits at the end. And um, I saw Mother and Fear, which was good. Again, I wasn't. I didn't dislike it by any means. But um, and then I saw. I think she was on the Degenerates. I think. Mm-hmm. The season two of that, or the stand-up, it was one of them because they have two segments where it's like either up-and-comers or guys who, or people who have been in the game for a while, and they give them thirty right, minutes. Right. It's on. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. I, I yeah. think it is the Degenerate. Yeah, it's one of those. And uh, I saw both of those, and they were good. But she she stepped up her game on this one, man. I, I think so. I, she looked sharp as a tack. She had the all pink, custom made. She talked about how much money she spent on just the outfit, and it's ridiculous. She didn't drop the number, but it's very ninety. She's wearing her like goth her goth like strap boots you know the ones that like go up mid calf and they have the like buckles and straps and stuff like the that you're wearing at like a Bauhaus concert or whatever yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah she came out to uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood Relax right. Right. which I used to have a relaxed t-shirt and everyone was always jealous of it but she talks about uh, in the in the stand up act how she was a kid her, her dad was he's an Eastern European as well or whatever and she was like eight or nine years old and he would take her to these discotheques and like like the late eighties or like eighties or whatever, and like she's out there dancing. And Frankie goes to Hollywood at like <laughs> eight, nine years old, and she never listened to the lyrics. And she's like, "Oh, this is about a gay couple 
hooking up. <laughs> right. And the right. other one's asking the other one not to climax too soon. Right. And, like, and I'm out there just shaking my little eight-year-old body. Like, relax. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's hilarious when you catch stuff like that, when you're just like... When you don't know the lyrics, and then they finally catch up to you, and you're just like, oh, I've been singing this wrong. Like, uh, this is not appropriate for me. But it's whatever. It's That's a good song, though. Uh, but no, uh, Mom Jeans, I, I give it... Um, Six gold sequins. Six gold sequins? Yes. Out of maybe seven and a half at the most. Uh, I'm going to give it eight out of ten fed smokers. There, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, <laughs> fed smokers. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, no, it was really enjoyable. Uh, I saw another one. Um, Chris Stefano is another up-and-coming comic, and uh, he dropped his special on Netflix. The Speciueshi. I have not seen that. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of his YouTube stuff, and so I've always sort of known him to be in the periphery of, like, an up-and-coming comic, but how was it? How, how was the special? He's really good, man. Like, if you... I'm sure you've heard him on podcasts. He's always gold when it comes yeah. to podcasts. Like, he always brings the heat. And um, he has a very particular style. It's very, like, a frenetic energy and, like, very, like, he baby talks. That's why it's called Speciueshi. And stuff like that. And um, he's very self-deprecating, but he's also yeah. very honest. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was like 32 minutes. And um, he brought it, man. He brought it. So it was funny because he was shitting on Netflix at the end of it. He's like, I'm putting this out on YouTube. I don't care. You fans made this possible. I don't know. Unless Netflix, unless you want to buy it, then I'll sell it to you. Whatever. <laughs> he was like, anyways, good night. So it's pretty funny. But uh, now he brought it, though, man. He was he's very honest about stuff. And um is a lot of the same bits that I've seen like online, like the the story about his dad and his nine eleven story, or is it like new stuff? Uh, it's to me, it's new. I don't follow him quite like that. My uh, okay. a good friend of mine that lives in Maryland. Big shout out to Enrique. Uh, he's a he got to see him live in concert. Okay, and, um, he's a big Chris Stefano fan. He listened to his previous podcast, The History Hyenas, that he did with um. Uh, Depop- what's his name? Depopolis, whatever his name is. Pop- Papadopoulos. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so he's a big fan of his, so he might, somebody that follows him like that may know. Okay. But to me, they were new, and it was genuinely very funny. Okay. Um, yeah, he uh, he has a great 9-11 story if you want to get into him. Uh, check out, uh, just type in Chris Stefano 9-11 story. It's it's more just about his dad pulling him out of school. It's not like that rip on you know nine eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not him trying to be like, so 9-11, I'm glad that happened, right? Yeah, like, no, it's not, it's like not that. that at all. No, and just going for shock value. But it's a really good story, and... Uh, that's yeah, kind of, he, he's not he's not like the Daniel Tosh kind of comic. He's 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 very self-deprecating but it, it, very brutally honest. I mean like he talks about how like his dad thought he was gay like growing up his entire life or or how like you know, he talks about his his dad being a career criminal and just how like how embarrassed he was the entire time yeah. and stuff like that. So. All of his stories about his father are gold and there's a lot yeah. of them in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that thoroughly. It's like thirty two minutes, it's a or thirty something minutes, so it's a in and out bang bang play. And uh, I enjoyed it, man. So if you got thirty minutes to kill. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh YMH and Chris Stefano, we both listened to the he was on um The uh, Guest Bear on Two Yeah, Bears Two Bears One Cave with Burt Kreischer. And they had I mean that was a spectacular podcast. I I don't want to hype it up too much because fuck that, listen to ours and then go there. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't. They don't pay us. Your loyalty lies with us. God yeah. damn it! You're the legions. <laughs> we count on you, not a, not a mommy. But um, <laughs> no, I listened to it as well. And uh, he, Chris DeStefano, was talking to Burt Kreischer. Uh, they all, they both have children. And 
there was a moment where it took a weird pivot where Chris Stefano was talking about how right now his comedy career is blowing up. And so, mm-hmm. like, the iron is hot right here, right now. And so he has to do certain things in order to further his career and get him to that next level. Right. Up the mountain. You right. Know? And so it's like, when it's hot, you got to do it. And in a, in a moment's notice, he started, you could hear his voice crack. And he talked about how he only sees, he's living his daughter, living his daughter's life through a phone. Like, he's only there via FaceTime and stuff like that. And his voice cracked and he started crying. And then Burt Kreischer kind of chimed in and he kind of laughed really, like, awkwardly because he knew that he was about to share a moment with my man. And, man, I bawled my eyes out. Like, I was a mess on last Monday, dude. <laughs> like, I really was. I, I have um, I have two kids myself and I'm not as present in their life as I would like to be. We're working on that. We're getting that. We're, we're you know, big hopes. Got to keep doing what I got to do. And, sure. You know, uh, but uh, it's tough sometimes, man. And so in that moment, it just, like, I said to myself, I was listening to it on the toilet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, man, I've missed so much. And I just bawled for like a full, like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And I, I haven't really cried like that in a while. I feel like I'm a freaking sociopath sometimes. <laughs> but it was good, man. It was kind of healing. So uh, it, it brought it, though, man. So what did you, I know you don't have kids, but like, what, what did you think about it? I mean, I don't know, maybe I, again, I don't have kids, so maybe I looked at it from a more analytical point of view in terms of like, it was, it was interesting to me to see the, the connection made and the social interaction between two dads who found a common ground and, and I don't know, I, I thought it was funny, you know, Chris asked him like, like. So what do I do? Like he's asking Burt Kreischer, who's who's been in the game a little bit longer, who's a you know a more established comic. Like so, so what do I do? Like like how do I find the balance between like my daughter and I, I want to provide for her and make money, but I also want to be present in her life. And he's like, dude, I'm drinking at ten thirty in the morning. Like, what are you asking me for? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, it was just it's a it was a great human moment of just like the world is chaos, and so like. Let's just find a singular connection in, in this in this moment and be present in that. I yeah, mean. very much so. And like Chris, uh, Chris was asking Bert. He's like, he's like, so I don't know what do I do, man. And Bert just kind of like laughs and he starts to make another drink. He goes and he starts to cry. He's like, it doesn't get any easier. Chris. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't get any easier. And that was such an honest moment that he said. And it's it's funny when you see like that's why I appreciate comedians so much is because right. everyone has these real moments. And like I said, whether it be a nine 11 story, I know Chris was saying that like, um, you know, he, he lives in New York, he's a New York comic. And he was saying that like, man, you, you didn't ride the wave of it just being a hot topic. Like I'm sure right now you're going to see a lot of COVID jokes and stuff like that. But he's like, it was good as a New Yorker to hear that. Cause we could talk about it and laugh about right. it. Right. Not, not, a, not laugh about it, but you know what I mean? Like, well, find but yes, evidence. but also laugh about it. Like, yeah. I, I think that that is an important part of the healing process is being able to take trauma or take something that's confusing and hurtful and just chaotic and just being, a, just being able to, to go like, eh, it's a little funny though, right? Yeah. I, no matter what it is, I, I think that that's important. It, yeah. It, being able to find the humor in the darkest of situations and, and being able to just sort of revel in a moment of gallows humor. Yeah. You know? No, I think it's, I think it's a clutch, man. I think it's sad that, you know, it's like the whole Will Smith slap and Dave Chappelle being attacked on stage. It's right. like, uh, to me, that's one of like the last vestiges of like true free speech and to watch it come under attacks kind of like, ugh, like, you know? Yeah. I, 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 
I, I don't want to put comics on a pedestal and say that like they're changing the world, but like there is an important role in that in terms of the, the like the court jester is 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 the only person in the kingdom that's allowed to make fun of the king. You know what I mean? Right. Like like he can't cross the line, like he can't be too insulting, but he's allowed to poke the bear yeah. just a little bit, you know? Right. Like right. you don't want to get your head cut off for it, but as long as the king's laughing about it, it's all good, you know? And, yeah. and I think that that's an important role to 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 have in society and to say that, like, hey, this is a really fucked up situation, isn't it? You know, like, and we can laugh about it just a little bit. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to change it or I'm not saying I endorse it. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with what's happening. But we can all agree that this is really fucked up and laughable just for a second, just right? Just for a second, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I'm a, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a big uh, stand-up fan. I'm mm-hmm. actually going to go see Dave Chappelle on, uh, I think, Father's Day weekend. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think the only one I le- got left on my list is uh, Bill Burr. I haven't seen him yet, but he's he's high on my list, too. Excuse me. <clears throat> Throat keeps acting up. Um, Maybe don't suck so much dick next uh, I'm working on that. <laughs> Steps out of time, my friend. That's all staying in. Uh, that's fine. Which is what he said. Oh, hey! shit. I see what he did there. <laughs> go ahead and check that box on your bingo card. Um, anyways, but, uh, no, nah, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm a big fan of stand-up, and I appreciate what those guys do. And so to see them have that real moment with each other, it's kind of nice, man. I get, like, humor comes from that, the vulnerability of, like, well, if I can laugh at it myself first. Right. And maybe make others laugh with me, then my job is done, you know right, what I mean? Right. So I appreciated that moment a lot. Um, so, yeah, that's enough of uh, the, the, the small talk. You want to meet and potatoes it, or you want to take a break real quick? Uh, yeah, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and uh, we'll come back and get into the multiverse of madness about it. Bum, bum, bum. We'll be right back after this message from Cuban Cigars. We want to thank our sponsors, Cuban Cigars. Cuban Cigars, when once again the product you enjoy is not American-made. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are going to dive in now to uh, the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which we have seen. Again, I said I've, I've seen it three times. Uh, I'll give a little quick plot synopsis so everybody can play along. We are going to spoil it, so if you have not seen the movie, go watch it. Pause the movie. Pa- pause the podcast right now. Go see it. We'll wait. Okay, how All was right, it? welcome back. Yeah, Thanks. How was it? Yeah, that was good, right? Uh, anyways, so um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It opens up with um, a what we what we quickly learn is a version of Doctor Strange who is running through uh, a dimension, being chased by a demon, and he has uh, the Defender suit on, which is cool as shit. There's a lot of fan service in this movie. Yeah. Also, not enough, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so he's running around with the Defender suit on, and there's a young heroine. Beside him, uh, America Chavez, who makes her MCU appearance. Uh, America Chavez has the power to punch gateways uh, in star shapes to other multiverse, other dimensions, right, as it right. were. She's and a she's a d- interdimensional traveler, basically. Pretty much, pretty much, and she's one of the ones that is. Uh, there's only one of her. There's not. There's not a bunch of them. So we see them running through this like crazy, um, like really weird architecture, like stuff falling, floating, and they're running from this demon. And they're trying to get to the Book of Ashanti. It's it's very reminiscent of uh, the classic '70s Doctor Strange comic books that were all like they were they were very psychedelically influenced. They were very um, not MC Escher, but sort of Escher meets bit. Dali meets very surreal. You know, like 
floating eyeballs in the background and rainbow bridges that go to nowhere and, and panels turned on, on Dutch angles and stuff like that. Yeah, very much so. So we see them, they're running from a demon, they're trying to get to the Book of Ashanti. Um, the demon ends up catching up with them and it kills that doctor, that version of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not before uh, the demon grabs America Chavez and she can only activate her powers when she's extremely scared. Right. That's what we learned. She is not in control of her, of her power set yet. And so she opens up a gateway and Doctor Strange, the, the corpse of that Doctor Strange, floats into... What we know, uh, the main MCU, which we have learned via this movie, is the 616 universe. Correct. Which it used to be 199999 is what everybody assumed, because it was 1999 was the first Marvel like movie or whatever, and then they just kept running with that, and then just added two more nines at the end. <laughs> so that's what everybody thought it was. I didn't know that. And I thought 616 was just the main comic book, but apparently they're saying that this is the main 616, so whatever. So they uh, that the corpse of that Doctor Strange in America Chavez come crashing through into the main uh, the main 616 universe and right then we see the Doctor Strange that we are familiar with wake up from a dream mm-hmm. and um, he ends up going to Christine Palmer's wedding who was played by Rachel McAdams from the first movie she is being married to uh, somebody of, of high some rando some, some dude yeah and uh, she asks Doctor Strange kind of like oh I didn't work out and you can tell he's kind of bummed out and she says, you know, you have to be the one holding the knife all the time. You have to be the one that's in control of everything. And it makes me respect you professionally, but it makes it really hard to love you. Yeah. And um, so he kind of gets gets a little served in that one. And he's so arrogant that even at the wedding, he turns water into wine. And he's like, a little too on the nose for me? <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that joke. That's She's right. like, for you, no. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, but their, her wedding is uh, quickly interrupted. We find out her husband is a huge Doctor Strange fan. She's like, oh, let me go let me go introduce you. He's a huge fan. And right then, the party is interrupted by what is ultimately an invisible monster who is uh, Shumagorath. Unfortunately, they have to call Shumagorath something else. I think they call him Gargantuan. Uh, but he it's Shumagorath. It's a whatever one of those... The old ones is what they're called in the comic books. They're the race of of monsters that um, feed off energy and dark magic they're, and they're, stuff. They're like HP Lovecraft's like Cthulhu-esque interdimensional eldritch gods that feast on alternate realities and stuff like that. And interestingly enough... One of the only Marvel villains that is both in the main Marvel comic line and Conan the Barbarian. That's why they couldn't call it Shumagora. Because <laughs> the whatever the distributor for Conan is, um, Vertigo or Dark Horse. No, or it's, it's not that. It's it, it's a weird Valiant. One. No, no, it's not one of the main ones. But um, yeah, the, whoever it is, they own that name, so they couldn't call him that. So it's Gargantuan, and it's this giant cyclops octopus thing with all weird tentacles and everything. Yeah. By the way, the wedding's interrupted, and we see. Doctor Strange leap into battle off the top balcony and his scarf turns into his cloak. It's not a cape. It's a cloak. He makes that very clear. And uh, off into battle he runs. He sees um, America Chavez, America Chavez uh, running for her life. And he springs into action and rescues her in dramatic fashion. Our good friend Wong shows up who is now Sorcerer Supreme uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, in, the, in his absence as Doctor Strange was uh, blipped or snapped away, as they call, uh, for five years. And so Doc. Uh, Doctor Strange is not the Sorcerer Supreme, but it's Wong. And um, he comes to aid, and they end up 
rescuing America Chavez, besting the Shumogorath character, which I will call it Shumogorath. I don't care. <laughs> Shout out to Marvelous Capcom 2. Um, so yeah, they, they rescue America Chavez. They quickly ask her what we all told you. Um, who are you? One. And two, what like what's going on? She explains that she is an interdimensional being that can travel through the multiverse and someone or something is after her, not to kill her, but to capture her. Right. And Doctor Strange realizes that the Shumagorath was covered in all these runes, and they say, well, that's not sorcery, that's witchcraft. Who do we know that is a witch? Smash cut two. Smash cut two. They're talking to Wanda Maximoff yep. at her little... At her uh, apple farm, as it were. Right, right, right. Which you see her pruning, um, pruning like these... Uh, Developing apples or whatever, these blossoming yeah, apples. Yeah, the apple blossoms, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of funny because it, it's almost symbolic of her pruning the multiverse, like all the extra lines. Well, and also the Garden of Eden and First Sin and, and sort of yeah. all of that. Yeah, so you can tell that she's pruning, like, oh, I've checked that multiverse, they're not there. It's it's kind of symbolic of that. Um, they have a Doctor Strange meets her, they have a quick conversation, and um, he asks her something. He's like, so what can we do? And... Uh, how do we protect this child or whatever? He never tells Scarlet Witch America Chavez's name. Right. And, and she so, says... And she says, well, why don't you just bring America here and I can protect her? And Doctor Strange, in a really good performance by Benedict Cumberbatch... He, um, he <laughs> Bandicoot Cumberbatch? Yep, yep, Benedict Tunnybuns. Um, <laughs> he stops kind of walking alongside with her and he, he stops and she keeps going and says, oh, why don't you bring America to me and I can protect her? And he's like, she stops and turns to him and says, you never told me her name, right, did you? Yeah. And he's like, no, was, I didn't. It no, was so I funny. I, I literally, when we saw that in the theaters, I looked at you and I was like, did he ever say her name? And you were like, you just gave me this look of like, no, sir, you definitely caught that one. I did too when I saw it by myself. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I was like, is that bad writing? Or, right. And immediately they, they right. reveal it, it was not bad writing. Yes. It's, it's so interesting that in this movie, they... I mean, within the first half an hour, they reveal who the main villain is. I mean, like, no twist, no, like, no foreplay with it. They're just like, oh, no, Scarlet Witch is the bad one in this. Like, yep. that's it. Like 20 minutes. We're, we're into this now. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the genius of this movie is, like, kind of like we were talking about before. Like, the, the movie kind of knows what it is. But it doesn't necessarily lean too hard into it one way or the other. I don't know. Like it, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead with yeah, the... Yeah, we'll the, finish the synopsis. We'll, we'll dive into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sorry. The movie moves very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ultimately, Scarlet Witch, in that moment, she she transforms the uh, the apple orchard that she's in to what it really is, what the real reality is. It's this and like barren wasteland. This barren like, wasteland of red fog and mist and all the trees are dead. <laughs> And she is in her Scarlet Witch outfit, which whoever the customer for that is, knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. Knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. She looks great. And Lizzie Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen, is phenomenal in this movie. She steals the show, in my personal opinion. She, she brings the heat, man. She, she really is the one to watch in that, in terms of she is making very bold, very broad acting choices. Like, yes. I mean, she... Not in, a, not in a bad Nick Cage, not that it's bad, but... Oh, you heard that. <laughs> not like, not in a Nick Cage sort of sense where she's, you know, like, getting so involved into it, but 
she does make very bold choices in this. Big and, swings, and I think. Big, big, saying. big yeah. swings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she goes from a complete acting range in terms of showing rage, and then there's she has scenes where she's very emotional and very, you know, turned in by her own turmoil and 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 moments of regret. Like she wears all of the masks she runs very through, well. She definitely runs through the spectrum. And I but yeah, I wanted to take time to acknowledge how good she was in this movie because she she really does knock it out of the park. So I wanted to acknowledge that at least. Um, so can we just go ahead and call it and say underrated performance of the She's not been nominated for a statue. Oh she wins. She's, She's in there. Underrated She's performance in there. of the week goes to Lizzie Olsen. There you are, sweetheart. We love you. We love you. Um, so also, yeah. check her out in Wind River. She's phenomenal. She is. She's pretty good in everything, man. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we find out very quickly. She uh, she is the bad guy. She right. is the one that has been pursuing America Chavez. And we find out why uh, very quickly as well. At the end of WandaVision, she realizes that her children, Billy and Tommy... And I'm not going to do a WandaVision recap. That's way too much. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, it's almost... It's pretty necessary to understand why she is this way. It's it's the only this movie is not a good jumping on point. Like if this was your right. first MCU movie, if you would have been no under a rock, idea what's going on. Yeah, if you've been under a rock and this was like, oh, I guess I'll check out these Marvel movies, you would hate the the whole right. MCU for right. this. Right, right, right. Um, uh, yeah, but so she finds out that her children, Billy and Tommy, uh, in the comic books, that's Wiccan and Speed, uh, are alive and they are in other. Dimensions. She's right. alive and a, and a good mother to them and many other um, dimensions. So she has been pursuing America Chavez to capture her, to drain her of her power, because America cannot control it. And so she wants to harness that for herself, to cross over the multiverse, right? kill the, kill whatever version of Scar- of uh, Wanda Maximoff that is, and replace them as their mother. Right. And then later it's said that also, I'm jumping around a little bit, but... She also explains later that, because Wong asks her at the end of the movie, like, why don't you just have her just open the portal and you can leave her alone? And she's been so corrupted, which I'm just about to talk about. She's been so corrupted that she um, she says, oh, well, what if they get sick? There's cures for every illness all over right, the... Right, right, right. Which is kind of like, eh, whatever, but... Now you're overreaching. Now, yeah. yeah. I mean, not that murder and taking over another person's life is, like, an honorable thing, but, like... All right, now you've just wandered into like complete villain territory, like, yeah. ter- like not even sympathetic villain kind of kind of a way, like like barely slightly. But you've taken whatever sympathy I might have had too far to the point I can't. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. So ultimately, she says that's what she wants to do. That's her. That's her end game. That's her goal. And uh, she tells Doctor Strange right then and there, you have till sundown to turn over America to me. And they say, oh, well, we're going to go to Comertage and protect her. She says, oh, I'll be at Comertage too, yeah. and if you don't turn her over, it won't be Wanda you're dealing with, but it will be the Scarlet Witch. Right. And uh, her power set is insane. There's always the argument of who's the strongest Avenger. That question is answered in full. It is Scarlet Yo, Witch, 100%. If you are a fan of Harry Potter wizard fights, fuck you, watch this movie. Yeah. Because Wanda lays that shit down. She rolls into Camertage and is just beating the brakes off of fools left and right. She does, yeah. So 
very uh, very shortly after. I'm trying to do a quickly abridged version of this, but it's a lot of movies, right. so it's hard not to skip things and have you follow. Along. Which we're going to talk about. This is yeah. this is a lot of movie, and it kind of doesn't work to its advantage. So yes. stick around. We're going to get to it. Yes. <laughs> so she does end up rolling. She's good on her promise, and she rolls up to Comertage, the the wizard sanctum or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she has a couple words with Doctor Strange, and they decide that they're not going to turn over America Chavez. They have their defenses there and everything, and they, they put this giant shield up, and then she uh, she looks through the shield, and she sees one weak soldier, the mm-hmm. guy holding up the shield. And she gets inside his head. Gets inside his head like she did in Age of Ultron, and just says, run. He falls, knocks some other, he runs away, knocks some other people over the shield. She needs one little gap in it, and she sends a, a Kamehameha through that shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's full Dragon Ball Z. What? Power level 9,000? Yeah, she drops a fucking the hammer on him. Yeah. And just it's blows pretty, up the entire center, like where they're at, just boom, that's dust. It's pretty spectacular to see. I mean, at that point, it's just her, I mean, it's it's like, I don't know, like end of Gears of War where you're just running through and just picking them off one by one and she's just decimating people. It's yeah. pretty spectacular to watch. She's There's a scene where she, uh, so she, she lays waste to Carmitage Damn near effortlessly, uh-huh. like damn near effortlessly, and it, it she it's cool the way it's shot because you're like holy shit she's bringing the thunder she's crumbling the floor right underneath them, and then like there's bodies that are on fire. It was kind of I'm surprised it's a PG-13 movie, which I should have maybe prefaced all this. This is a horror movie. Sam Raimi <laughs> is the director. There are so many horror aspects. This is very much so a horror movie. Can I can I go on a small tangent and just say that like this is a great movie. Like, I love Sam Raimi, and there's a there are so many of his shots and his, like, visual style that shines through in this movie. Like, I mean, he includes his car, his, his like, 78 uh, Lincoln whatever yeah. that shows up in all his movies. He does the shot that's at a Dutch angle, and then somebody turns the corner and it zooms in, and, like, there are so many, like, Evil Dead, Sam Raimi, Drag Me to Hell, Spider-Man shots in this. Like, a lot. His artistic sh- style really shows through on this, and so that being said, I love the 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 the, the direction and the the style and the visuals of it. A lot of my problems are very very plot driven in this movie. Some of the reviews I can't read all the reviews because it's either five out of five Marvel can do no wrong, or it's one out of five, and they're right. like, "I'm so over this Marvel shit." Right. So you got to kind of read a few to kind of right. get the discernment of like who's actually there. But, but I lot- feel. I feel that you and I are, are decent enough Marvel fans and movie critics that we could we have a very good separation of like even if we love the Marvel movie we can be like eh it's not my favorite Marvel movie yeah because when Marvel's top tier it's it's just good movies no right. matter I don't I don't care what you say you can argue with me to this but there also is a sense of wonderment to me that kind of always gives them an extra couple points sure. that maybe wouldn't be there if it was a new franchise where I'm like. Oh, I never thought I'd see Shuma fucking Gorath on right, screen. Right, right. Like, or, that's that's bottom of the well characters. Like, right, we're we're not right. in the top or, or them tying in all of the Spider-Man movies in in the in the new uh, in the new Spider-Man movie. You know, like they bring in Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, right. and like I never thought that they would be like, oh, so like they're just going to reward me for paying attention for the last twenty years. Yeah, like, that's great. It's 2008. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so she, yeah, she she messes up Carmitage really quickly, and the reason I brought up why it was a horror movie is like she ends up landing on the ground and there's all these dead bodies everywhere, and like some of them are on fire, like she right. fucked them up, and she lands on like it's just you see dead bodies like there's like this impact when she lands like this boom and like this wave, 
And you just see dead bodies fluttering and rolling around her. It's like, <laughs> she, she decimates the place. Some things happen, nothing too crazy. They try to trap her in the mirror dimension. She quickly escapes right. through reflections. And there's a scene where she crawls out of this like metal gong because it's the reflection of it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They don't spend too much time on it. But it's cool where it's kind of like a the ring moment where she kind of crawls out and it's all. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's again, it's, one of, it kind of it's one of those very Sam Raimi shots where it's yeah. you, you definitely see his like directorial auteur show through. Yeah, know? some people said like in, in those reading of those reviews that they're like it's way too much movie and it falls under the weight of its own ambition. Yes, and like and all with all of Sam Raimi's flair and style, he tried to save it, but he can't. And I can I can kind of see why people got to that conclusion. I disagree, but I can understand that sentiment. Of, I mean, it, yeah, it, it if you, it's a great Sam Raimi movie, it's not a great Marvel movie. It's it, a good it's, one. Is my opinion. Yeah, it's a good one. It's not great. Eh, it's either way. But, sure, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. She she crawls out the gaunt. Whatever that happens. Whatever. Uh, here's here's where the movie picks up once again. It's a lot of movie. I'm not trying to tell you everything that happens, but it's so much that I right. almost kind of have to. From there. She corners America Chavez, begins to absorb her powers, and um, she opens up yet another portal. Right. Doctor Strange dives, like kind of spears her through just it to, to, to save rescue her. her. Yeah. And they cross through. You see them just splash through. I don't know. It's maybe a dozen and some change dimensions very quickly. Yeah. There's like a paint dimension. There's an there's animated an one. animated one. There's a a dimension that looks sort of futuristic. There's one that looks sort of like. Upside down world. Upside down world, yeah. You do see them crash through, and the first one they go through, it's either the first or second one, you do see the Living Tribunal. Right, yeah. And that's pretty cool. That's a good Easter egg. Right, right, right. Yeah, you see the Living Tribunal. Um, But again, that's one of those, like, it's fan service, but if you have no reference for these, for these, like, no comic book references, then you're sort of like, wait, what the fuck was that? Wait, what is that? What what is that thing there? The fact that the Living Tribunal exists means that, like, because there's an infinite set of powers in when it comes to like the cosmic scale of Marvel. Sure. Like Galactus, everyone's like, oh, he's the planet eater. He ain't shit compared to other people. Right, like right. the Beyonder or something like that, which right. that's that's coming, don't worry. Um, but yeah, so... Please give us a Dark Hawk. Please I give know, us a Dark I know, Hawk. I know. All we want is Kid Nova. Just give us Kid Nova, goddammit. So, uh, alright, so Doctor Strange rescues her by spearing through that, takes her through all these dimensions... They end up in what we learn in the very near future is uh, Marvel Universe 838. And um, she's walking around. They go to this new world. It's like really utopian. You get to your uh, obligatory, um, what's his name? Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, yeah Bruce Campbell. Campbell because it's a Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi movie. So. As the great Pizza Papa. That's right. Yeah. Pizza Papa gets paid. Pizza Papa gets paid, baby. <laughs> um, there's a funny line where she's like, first thing you do is whatever. And second thing you do is get food. And they're like, oh, how'd you pay for that? And he's like, it's funny. In most universes, food is free. It's weird that it's not in yours. He turns around like, hey, are you going to pay for that? Apparently it's not free in this universe either. <laughs> so he, he harasses them about it. It's, it's cool to see him. Though. There's a lot of good comedic beats in this. It's, yeah. it's classic Bruce Campbell, man. I mean, again, it's it's Sam Raimi, so he's going to he's gonna blend the, the horror and the action and the comedy. So. Yeah. With the... Exactly, exactly. So, um... What they do learn, and the movie gets it's so it begins to be overbloated a little bit now, but they double. The weird part is they double down on it very yeah. shortly. Like I know we're we're like barreling through it, but like this movie, like it's, it's a lot, lot of like, and then this happens, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. So like, 
we, Michael and I both said that, like, and Michael's a writer and he can attest to this, and I only brought this up because I've, I've just heard it so many times, that so often in writing, uh, I t- actually heard Bill Hader talking about this when he was, said, what did you learn from the guys at South Park when mm-hmm. you were there? And he said, when I used to write, it was, and then this happens, and then this happens. And they taught him very much so, because of this, right. this can happen. Right. Because of, and so it's the because of thing. They do not do because of in this movie. They go, and then, 100%. So, so it's like, it's, it's just speaking in, in terms of South Park, like, okay, so we need Cartman to end up at the school talking to uh, Stan for, for whatever reason, for, for this joke, whatever. But like, so, so why would Cartman go there as opposed right. to just sitting on his couch and eating cheesy, cheesy poofs all day. Like, we can we can write something that's going to get Cartman from there to the school to talk to Stan. Right. But why? Why is <laughs> right. he doing that? And, because and of this, this, yeah. And one of my major problems with this movie is there's a lot of, like, and then this, and then this, and then yeah. this, and then this. And there's not a lot of because in right. this movie. Because this happened. It, it does, but it just grazes over it so quickly. It, 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 it almost asks a lot from the audience in terms of like you just got to accept it and just go with it yeah, and yeah. and there there comes a certain point where it's like alright but like I understand that you need to talk to this person but you could just easily do like magic is the answer for everything so why not just magic your way out of this you don't have to talk to this person like right. I I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll get into it. We're, we're going to confuse people because there's so much movie. We need to get through the synopsis. So, I'm sorry. No, I'm just, sorry. I, I brought up the tangent. But, um, I'm sorry. No, it's because it's a lot. So anyways, they go, they crash through the dimensions. He saves uh, America Chavez. They end up in 838. They meet Pizza Papa. Um, they have the grand idea of, well, we need help to get back home because Wong, like, the Scarlet Witch is not going to stop pursuing you. Right. She's just not going to. Which, by the way, we should also point out at this time, we've established that Wanda has the ability to dream walk and that dreams are, dreams are a view into the alternate reality of whatever it is. You, so like any dream that you've had where you're being chased naked by a clown... That's happening. They're, they're, that's happening in some reality down the line. That's why at the very beginning when they showed America Chavez and the Defender Strange running towards the Bic of Ashanti and they showed Stephen Strange wake up, he that's what initially caught his attention to America Chavez was like, oh, I know you. Right. And it's like, why are you in my, you're in my dreams. Why are you here? And she's like, oh, well, your dreams are, she explains that to him. Right. Again, there's it's a lot of movie. But, uh, <laughs> so they have this grand idea that they need help and so they're going to go meet the Doctor Strange of that universe. Uh, come to find out that that Doctor Strange does not exist. He has been killed in the battle with Thanos. Is they, they walk up to the Sanctum Sanctorum. I believe I pronounced that correct. Sanctum, yeah, Sanctum Sanctorum. Sanctorum. Yeah. They walk up to the building <laughs> that he resides in. <laughs> off of Bleecker Street, whatever. Uh, I think it is Bleecker Street, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they walk up to the yeah. It is Bleecker Street, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yes. so they walk up to Bleecker Street, Sanctum Sanctuary. There's a giant statue of Doctor Strange. There's a little uh, plaque that says, Earth's greatest hero. He gave his life in the Battle of Thanos. Right. So that happened in this universe. So he too. basically takes the role of Iron Man from our universe, or, or the, the, the movie universe that we know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so they find out he's dead. Who is there? Who is residing there is Carl. Who's, re- who's residing there? Who Carl, that is? Carl Baron Mordo. Oh. Yep. Uh, he was played by Chit- I'm gonna butcher his name Chitwell Eljafor in Doctor Strange One. Sure, sounds good. Roll. Yeah, 
Baron Mordo. Uh, he is the, now the Sorcerer Supreme. He lives there. They ask him for help, and they said, "Oh, I, I always knew I'd see you again. You know, you told me a long time ago this multiverse and that I, I might likely see you again." He takes them to what is a Baxter Building esque kind of thing, uh-huh. um, which that's a, a big spoiler for what's about to come up. And then they throw him in these giant fish tanks or whatever. And they meet the alternate version of Christine Palmer, yep. who is you played know, by Rachel McAdams once right, again, right. and she created these cages and uh, can undo his magic by the sands of of Vish Vishalo, whatever, whatever the sands because of magic, yeah. because like magic is the end all be all in this. Like yeah. it's it's either like oh just magic or like oh it's a new dimension, so those rules don't apply here. Yeah, like, so there's these sands, whatever that okay, so it negates his magic. So they throw him in these in these. Uh, Cells or whatever. And Carl Mordo quickly comes in and explains that he is going to bring our most familiar Doctor Strange of Earth 616. Christine Palmer also breaks down the multiverse. And this is where she explains that they are in Earth 838. So right. if we say 838, that's what we're talking right. about. This it's, universe. The, it's the exposition heavy of like, yeah. here's the rules. Yeah. Like, here's what happens. The main MCU that we know is Earth 616. I know this is convoluted. <laughs> um, but, um... <laughs> So they they are introduced then to the drum roll the Illuminati. Illuminati. Yes, the Illuminati who plays a big factor in the comic books. Um, I'm not going to get into the comic book section of it. You can Wikipedia of it. Right. It's just right. there's a lot of movie to get through. Basically, it's a conclave of all of the most important superheroes ever, including and we'll stick to the to the movie version. Yeah. Well, in the comics, it was. That one, it's Doctor Strange, Professor X, Iron Man, Reed Richards, and Namor. Right. In this movie, you are introduced to uh, Bar- Baron Mordo. Right. You are introduced to Captain Marvel, who is... Um, God, what's the character? Uh, Peggy Carter. No, 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 no. Captain Marvel, not... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. thank right, you. Yeah, right. the mother that did not die of cancer. Right, right, right. Uh, from, <laughs> from Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's the only way I can describe her. So, um, Captain Marvel. Captain we, Carter. Yeah, Captain Peggy Carter with the great Haley Atwell. Thank you for showing up. So great. She is so great. Yeah, so... She's my new Jennifer Connelly, I gotta be honest with you. She's she's got it. Um, But yeah, so you meet... uh, So we... Let's see, run down again. We meet Blackgar Boltagon, who is the leader of the Black Bolt, played by the insurmountable Anson Mount. Yep, yep. Um... Who is the keeper of the Terrigan Mist? He is the leader of the Inhumans. Right. He has the ability to destroy. He could crack a planet in half if he chose to yell. He can magnify his voice to levels unheard of. Just he's read the, the most, comic books. He's just, one of the most powerful fine. beings. Just, yeah. So Jack we, Kirby, just get into it. So we got Black Bolt, and then we get our introduced oh. to oh, tell him Reed Richards. What? Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Forces. Fantastic Forces. This, this, this shows up. And he is played by John Krasinski, which I gotta thank Marvel. Thank you. Sometimes it's like when they cast uh, Patrick Stewart as um, Professor X back in the day. Speaking of which, which, if you haven't seen the trailer, the final member is uh, Professor Charles Professor Charles Xavier, once again played by Patrick Stewart. And what he yeah, he's in the big yellow chair, which is awesome from the night from the uh, ninety seven X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he rolls up and you hear that theme song roll in that Michael just hummed. It's so good. Like, I, one of the best 
geek out fan service moments I've ever had where I was just like, oh, they finally did the thing. Like, that's all I wanted to see was just Patrick Stewart in the yellow hover chair. Thank you so yeah. much. Just sometimes Marvel movies are good and they give me a thing I want. Yeah. And they <laughs> they explain they explain a lot of things. They explain that... Um, the interdimensionality, the multiverse, and what and, happened to their Doctor Strange and how he—I'm right. not going to get into that part because it's kind of superfluous. But he died because doesn't matter. Right. Ultimately, what it was is, and this book plays a little bit too much of a role. The reason why Wanda has been corrupted and evil this whole time is she is using the Darkhold, which is the Book of the Damned, in order to. She's been corrupted by it, and she's using these dark magics in order to. Dreamwalk and to uh, harness more power than she can necessarily hold because the Scarlet right. Witch is a being of immeasurable magic power, right. and the Darkhold corrupts people absolutely. It, they tell you about eighty times it takes a, a heavy toll on its user, right, right. on its reader, which I have a problem with. Yeah, and we we can get into that at yeah. some point. But. Yeah, we got a lot to get into. But um, <laughs> so they they explain all that that she's been corrupted and that Doctor Strange. They they say that Doctor Strange. Uh, they say, oh, I'm sorry. They say Scarlet Witch, as we know, is not the greatest threat to the multiverse. The person we know as the greatest threat to the multiverse is indeed Doctor Strange right. of any dimension. And they tell the story about how their Doctor Strange got corrupted by the Darkhold. They ended up having to kill him, but they didn't want him to not be a hero, so they just let him say, "Oh, he beat Thanos. Cool, whatever." It's very it's convoluted. Yeah. Again, this is a lot of movie. Yeah. Like we're, I, I swear to God, we're trying to like truncate this and 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 make it as quick as possible but like this movie just moves and like yeah. it's it's just all exposition dump it's it's kind of a bad example of like tell me and don't like they tell me and don't show me exactly so, so yeah i'm gonna play i'm gonna fast i'm gonna try to go a little quicker here uh, so we can actually get to know how we feel about it right so at this moment scarlet witch dream walks to her that uh earth 838's reality and they show up at the baxter building and she fucking wrecks Shuck. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're not scared of your it's Scarlet so Witch. Good. We're not scared of your Scarlet Witch, and sh I, they should have been. I don't want to give away what actually happens, but like all of the cameos that we have seen, and and like all of all of the things that we have built up in terms of the fan service, they kind of ruin it in the best way possible. Um, so just if you hadn't seen the movie. Go watch it just for the scene where Scarlet Witch walks up on the Illuminati and tells them that they all ain't shit. shit. Very quickly. She ruins their day in the most glorious, spectacular fashion possible. She pops some dude's brain. I don't want to give nothing away, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you have like, that to look forward to. So that happens. She comes in. She wrecks shop. Ultimately, what happens, Doctor Strange escapes and is once again pursued by Scarlet Witch. Um, who a lot happens, man. I don't, I don't <laughs> so ultimately, what happens is is that he, he. I love that we're lost in the movie now. Just like yeah. fuck it, shit happens. It's yeah. okay. Just and then and then yeah. and then. So ultimately, this boils down to a point where she ends up catching up with Doctor Strange, that Christine Palmer and America Chavez, right? And she gets America Chavez and brings her back to her reality. She, she uses the, the Wanda of 838 to crash in, grab America Chavez, wiggly-woo her way into her brain, and she opens up. So There is so much that happens she, in this movie. She, she gets what she wants. She gets America Chavez, and she abandons Steven in a universe. I'm not even going to get into that because it's almost a purpose. <laughs> but 
Steven is then trapped in a realm of, of, of 616 away from where America Chavez is. Right. And, Do- and uh, the Scarlet Witch is going to begin siphoning her powers so she can get what she wants. Right. She's stolen America Chavez. She's captured her. She's about to perform the Darkhold ritual to pull her powers out. And then... And then... The only way... Doctor Strange has been... He... Okay. He gets a copy of the Darkhold. Alright? <laughs> the same book that he's been a hypocrite about this whole time. He gets a copy of it. Alright? Now, remember earlier when I told you... That uh, the the corpse of the one Doctor Strange made it into the six one six. Yep, he. I remember. <laughs> yeah, he dreamwalks into the zombie Doctor Strange while he's being attacked by demons, and it's a pretty cool scene. So mind you, this, this movie at this point, if it hasn't already, it has jumped the shark. Right. So, and then they just lean into the fact that all right, we've jumped the shark. Let's go. So there's zombie Doctor Strange conjuring demons to make a demon cloak for himself. While he's being controlled in a Doctor Strange from another universe, like, it is fucking which, out of its mind. Which is one of the most metal things I've ever seen in my life. Like, I just remember looking at you being like, this movie just turned the corner for me. I had, like, I was lost in the plot and what was happening. I was like, it doesn't, I don't give a fuck what happens from now. I just saw Doctor Strange make a demon cloak. I'm in. Let's do this. Like, yeah. they could play Ozzy Osbourne right now and I would fucking be into this. And they might as well have. <laughs> Speaking of music, though, uh, Danny Elfman does the score. There's a scene where Doctor Strange gets into a music battle with himself and it's it's so fucking cool. Right. Like, the score is incredible. Danny Elfman knocks it out of the park. I always thought him as like the whimsical Tim Burton guy. Right. He crushes this shit, man. By the way, if it seems like we're jumping around a lot and sort of like rambling on and... and, and frenetic energy that's exactly, exactly how this movie plays out so just sit down and be prepared because we are giving this all due credit yeah <laughs> I, I promise you i'm trying to go quickly so we can actually talk about what we feel so anyways zombie doctor strange wong and uh, america chavez um end up besting the scarlet witch and yeah so they they end up winning the day um i'm not even gonna bring up mount wonder but at some point they're at the top of the mountain she decides that the Darkhold can no longer exist because she is shown in that movie, in that scene, the only way they can beat her, they know they can't beat her physically. So America Chavez opens a portal and shows him, shows Scarlet Witch her children and she loses her shit and they start throwing toys at her and stuff and they're like, you're not my mommy, you're not my mommy and it's basically she frightens their children. It's basically the end of Into the Spider-Verse with the, the, the Kingpin villain replacing... Like filling in for for Scarlet Witch in turn like if you've seen that movie where like they just they open a portal and 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 show Kingpin as a monster to every version of the universe where to 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 his wife and and kid to where like they they reject him completely and he can never find happiness exactly the same thing exactly the same thing yes that's that's exactly what happens. And so they best or whatever. She destroys the Darkhold. And that's pretty close to the end of the movie. Um, and then more stuff happens at the very end. The stinger is a third eye opens on Doctor Strange's head from interacting with the Darkhold because now he's corrupted. Because apparently the Darkhold is so evil yeah, that it corrupts all. And then also Charlize Theron makes, makes her MC debut appearance. appearance as Clea, but they never explain that it's Clea. If we sound exhausted after this... Fucking, that's the movie. Like, you walk yeah. out of this, like, you just ran a 
friggin' marathon. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. So, yeah, it's... If you think we did a bad job describing the plot, go watch the movie again. <laughs> and then you do a better job. Yeah, Fuck whatever. You. Fuck it. Um, so anyways, all that being said, there's your synopsis. I promise I'll try to go quickly. I know that for those of us that stuck around with that, we I know we went on a couple tangents. Um, thank you for sticking around for that. Now, do you want to take a break for our sponsors real quick? Sure. We can do that. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. Big for- League Chew. That's <laughs> the shit. Yeah. For when you have a... Predilection towards tobacco, but you're addiction, a child. But you're also a child. Yeah, we'll so. get back and we'll tell you what we uh, what we actually think about the movie. Thank you for sticking around for that, though. Big League Chew, the gum that made a roaring comeback after a joke in Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, thank you all for dealing with us on that. I know we said we weren't going to try to break the movie down scene for scene. We ended up kind of doing that. I apologize for that. But um, we said all that only just to try to give you some context as the things that we're going to talk about now. So, I've done enough mouth running here. Michael, what did you like and dislike about the movie? What are your thoughts overall? Well, let me start with with some of the pros that I uh, really attracted me to this movie. One is it's just visually entertaining, man. Like the the all the different scenes of them tumbling through the universes and and their their bodies change and the world around them change and it, it's all it's all happening so fast that you almost don't recognize it right away. Um yeah, it was just it was it was very visually. It, it's almost like a like a Steve Ditko or a um, uh, Jack Kirby esque kind of like just going out there in, in terms of the world and, and sort of the things you see. Um, that being said, I wish that there was more. I wish that why not go to? I mean, I guess everything everywhere all at once kind of spoiled me. Like, why not go and play around in different universes as far as like what we can really see like for example like realistically in the movie i know that they have a tumbling scene where they sort of are 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 cartwheeling through all these different dimensions but we really only go to three different universes and they're not really all that different i mean i I guess the the nether realm or whatever where he faces evil dr strange is um is kind of visually different but the the two other places are it's it's all very it looks very familiar you know it, it's it's like they tried to put change it just enough to where it's not complete but it's not completely unfamiliar it, it, does that make sense no it does it does i get what you're saying like it's they do show a good amount of the of the universes as they, they tumble through but you're right they only spend time in three of them really and they're mm-hmm. not like crazy different i mean you get the cameos of the illuminati was really cool and, um, I did like that. And spoiler, yeah, that was, we're, we're probably going to just ruin this. But uh, the 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were going to talk about the yeah. I was gonna, yeah, the the cameos are really cool. I really enjoyed that part. I know a lot of people didn't. In the fact that they were like, oh, that was the payoff for all this hype of this movie. You know, which the hype machine of Disney can't stop stuff like that. Right. People expect right. fucking right. in game every single time now, and it's just it's not going to. Yeah, I, I think the hype machine sort of might have done this movie a disservice just in terms of how wild the rumor mill was getting. And sort of, you know, all the all the different websites playing up to like, is so and so going to be in the new Doctor Strange movie? Will we have a two hundred fifty thousand word article that's going to explain it at the very end of the article? Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> the internet now, unfortunately. Right, right, right. Um, no, I, there were parts I, I genuinely enjoyed too. I I thought, and like, we said this at the beginning, and this is why you kind of just trailed off at the end. It's just too much movie, mm-hmm. and at the same time, for being as big as it is, it didn't push. It didn't push the MCU forward enough. Not push. Not push. 
Um, the one thing I did like, and that we kind of glossed over it in the uh, description of the movie, is the idea of incursions. And that mm-hmm. has really big ramifications that are going to come up, I think. Especially with everything that happened in Loki, as we know now, that a, a multiversal war is 100% gearing up. Right, right, Like, right. you know, if you've seen that, um, the incursions pretty much happen when two realities, uh, when one, when a being from one reality crosses over with another, and what can happen is they collide together, and either one or both realities will be destroyed. Yeah, it's like it's like smashing two billiard balls into each other at, like, terminal velocity, basically. Right, like, right. And so the idea that they said the word incursion a bunch of times is really cool for me, you know, in the sense of Easter egg things, but um, in terms of, if it gets us closer to Secret Wars... Yeah, I'm you know, down. I'm all for it. I'm not going to speculate too much. My only fear is that that they're going to make Loki the big, big bad of all this. And I think... Um, not Loki. They're going to make Kang. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They're going to make Kang the big, big bad of all this. Mm-hmm. And really, if you're doing Secret Wars, you cannot do Secret Wars without Doctor Doom. Which... I- I think they need to make Kang more of a Loki type, where he's like kind of ever the lead up into the into the into the reveal of who the big bad really is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I would agree. I, I think he needs to be that, and he can still stay around because I think Jonathan Majors is going to knock it out of the park as Kang. Um, so I think that I, I don't want them to jump the gun and be like, "Oh, we're just going to replace Doctor Doom with Kang." Like that would be a huge disservice, right? right. So I mean, that, again, that has nothing to do with this movie, but if this, if I had to watch all that just to get a little bit closer. To Secret Wars, then like I'm I'm all for it. You sure, know, like yeah. multiversal war is on the table. Sure. Like that is between Loki, between WandaVision, between Spider Man and this, like they're laying they're, they're showing you their hand at this oh, point. Oh yeah, it's like, it's very obvious where they're going. It's it's like uh you know, when they first introduce the the, the idea of the cosmic powers of, of the, the Tesseract in Captain America, and then we come to find out that oh no, it's actually an infinity stone. And then right. we introduce the idea of what happens when, you know, we meet up with these stones and then we build and build and build and build. We introduce Thanos little by little, and then eventually we get to Thanos meets the infinity stones. Right, yeah. right. It worked I mean, I'm curious how they're gonna do it in the sense of like we know that we had six stones to get to. So right. we knew that we hadn't seen all six, so we could still kind of be like, well, where's the sixth one going to be? And then they didn't even tell you where the soul stone was until, you know, Infinity War, right. which was which was cool. Some people didn't like. I liked it personally. But, um, like, they're, they hopefully, and I, I trust Kevin Feige here, hopefully they're not showing their hand too quickly. Sure. Like, all right, we know it's multiversal war. Can this sustain us for another eight movies and TV shows? Like, so they're going to have to ramp the stakes up. So I think they're just showing, hey, look, it's coming, and they're going to have to ramp it up as to introduce whatever the universe is that we're going to have the incursion with and then obviously dr doom is more than likely coming in Mm -hmm. the fantastic four even if he's not the main bad he's going to be a bad guy it would be very foolish for them not to reference him super heavily in that movie like if you're going to do it that would be the time to do it right like why not right so um but again back to this movie that i liked about it that it is it is inching us closer towards what the next big event is Mm -hmm. you know the infinity war endgame i think is going to be secret wars the cameos were super cool um i like that they brought brought back black bolt he they did him really well Mm -hmm. um right a lot of fan service in this too but um there's a lot of it even just seeing the living tribunal and stuff Um, but even then like they show the living tribunal for like uh, literally, you blink and you miss it. Like if, yeah. if if you if you shift in your seat and don't pay attention, you miss it. Like it, it happens so fast, you know. Like it's just, it, and again, why not play in that world? Why not give us you know? I'm not saying it has to be a full like third of the movie doing that, but give us 
30 seconds, yeah. a minute, a minute and a half, just to sort of be like, what the, f-? you know, what's going on? What is this world? What is this like? What the hell is that? Boom. Then we're on to the next one, you know? like Right, right. So, yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. But again, like I said, for as big as the movie is, it doesn't quite push it forward. It's like so much happens in in the scope of this movie, but not a lot ha- happens on the grand scheme of the MCU, I, I don't think. I would actually argue that this movie probably, in my opinion, did a disservice to, especially the WandaVision miniseries. Yeah. I mean... You hold that one pretty high, though. I, I, I do. I, I mean, it... it WandaVision to me was was brilliantly done because it, it it's a beautiful emotional story about learning to let go and, and dealing with grief and loss and stuff like that, coupled with the magic of television, which, you know, I love. So you present something that's a complex, you know, emotional, you know, concept and then parse it down into like, oh no, we can break it down to you and like leave it to Beaver style. Like don't worry. You know? Yeah, I like that the moral of WandaVision is like just find somebody to watch T V with and grow old with. I'm yeah, like, yes, yeah, thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. And so kinda of making her the big bad and and making Wanda's sole mission the revival or or, or not the revival, but finding a world in which she can inhabit uh with with both of her sons that she lost and like I mean, it just it, it undid the, the entire thing. Just that she spent all that time learning to grieve and let go and, and letting go of vision and trying to find her own happiness. And then immediately we're just met with, oh no, but since she's been reading the Darkhold and it's really evil, now she's bad. Like it, they just sort of they sort of just wash it all away or, or just sweep it all away. They do kind of undo WandaVision a lot. And I know I know a couple people that have seen the movie that have that problem with it. And they don't spend enough time, like, the, the backstory of the Darkhold is really confusing. I mean, any it's one of those demons, I think it's Cthon or something like that, right, is actually right, the, right. the writer of the Darkhold. And what it is, is it does have evil powers and it does influence it, but the guy, the, the Book of Ashanti, whoever that is, ended up trapping him in the book or whatever like that and banished him. And what he does is he infects people via the Darkhold to try to free him. And they just didn't touch on that at all. Yeah, it's just like, oh, well, the Dark Old's evil. The Dark Old's evil. And they even say, like, oh, it was written by a demon, you know, centuries ago, eons ago, or whatever like that. And then it's just kind of like... Right, like, all that information that you just gave is, like, you would have to have read the comic books or understand the backstory of that particular character to get it. And they don't mention that at all in the movie. They Again, they just give the, the excuse of like, well, the dark hole's evil. And yeah, and it corrupts Wanda. That's what happens. And you're just like, wait a minute. I just, I literally spent like six weeks patiently waiting to see how Wanda was going to get over her, you know, Grief, get over yeah. her shit. And then, okay, I guess that time didn't matter. That's cool. Never mind. Yeah, they did kind of, they did kind of a... Episode nine, it with Palpatine coming back. <laughs> right, it, right, it made Darth Vader sacrifice meaningless. It's right, like, right, oh, right, well, right. It didn't really matter, you know. So I, I do kind of agree with that. But again, they just kind of magic it away. They're just like, oh well, because of the dark hold. And part of me appreciates that they did that because then it would have followed the typical versus traits, a la Godzilla Kong or Batman v Superman, where if they would have said that, like, they would have set it up this way. If that was the case, it would have been. Doctor Strange finds out that Wanda's the bad guy. For whatever reason, they must clash. Uh-huh. And then they realize together, oh, there's an even, even greater threat. Right. And now we have to unify against it. And I've just, personally, I've seen that so many times now. Sure. that I can understand why they avoided it. But there was a happy medium somewhere between the two where they should have maybe explained that, like... the Because one, one of my friends didn't like the movie because he's just a big Wanda fan. He's like, I finally get to see her go ham. And then it's like, now she's the bad guy. Right. And part of me also understands that, like, I'm not ready to see her go full evil yet. 
only in the sense of I wish they would have saved it for more and we could have time to be more sympathetic with her. You know? Like, I don't... She didn't even... We, we just found out her kids exist. Like... Right, if you, if you hadn't... Yeah, if you hadn't seen any of WandaVision, this is probably going to be a very confusing movie for you because... I mean, they, they put the information in the movie, but it's very just like... There's no emotional attachment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there, there's no build-up into, like... I don't know. I, 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 I would have loved to have seen Wanda wrestle with being influenced by the Darkhold, maybe. And, like, you know, maybe she's trying to resist and it eventually wins out. And then that's the, the climax of the movie is now she's just pure evil and just colliding worlds and what have you, what have you, what have you. But there was there was no build up to it. There's no just. It, I mean, literally, it's just I'm bad now. Yeah, yeah. Which again, big shout out to Lizzie Olson. She crushes it. Um, but like, part of me wishes they would have saved that to maybe do like a House of M thing where mm-hmm. it has real ramifications and real like right. something so at stake, to, something yeah. on the line, as yeah. opposed to just like I miss my kids again. Yeah. Right. If, if we're turning one to evil, let's do it like right. where she's. The first Avengers bad guy kind of thing, right? You know? Right, 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 right. And I just thought they kind of like, and I'm sure she'll be back. She quote unquote, well, you don't see her die at the end of the movie, but it's somewhat implied that she is, but it's also implied that she isn't. Which it's just like comic books. If you don't see them die and then get right. buried, like they're they're alive. Like right. Tony Stark's dead. Right, I believe right, that, right, right. You know, um, well, unless you know they back up a dump truck full of money into RDJ's front living room. Yeah. Right. So that was one thing I did have a little bit of issue with. Um, I do like the line that they said. Uh, Wong says it at one point to Scarlet Witch, and uh, and this again, she's so corrupted by the dark hole that she just can't see this, which is kind of like all right, whatever. But he says something to her along the lines of like, "Doesn't it bring you peace that they are alive in so many other realities, right. and not only that they're alive, but that they're loved?" Right, right. And she's just like, "Nope, not good enough for me. I'm evil, <laughs> dark hole." And then it's funny because that same line is used later, which is a really pretty moment when. She, she's shown as the big bad guy uh, to her children, and they're like, oh, you monster, you monster, which is, like you said, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse ending. Right, right. And then the that Wanda walks up to her and is just like, they are loved, which is a really pretty moment. It's a really pretty scene. Right. So, I mean, I like when they show the more compassionate side of Wanda. I think that, to me, was her channeling almost what she... She felt very Vision-like in that moment, because Vision is always very much so, like... Sees the is like yeah he sees things from from all angles but he's, well, he's still hopelessly, optim, optimistic about it yeah he is hopelessly naive in a sense that he's not been on this earth that long but he sure. has all this understanding on paper but has no actual emotional implication in anything right 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 so he sees things very clear cut very, it's like he's read all the textbooks but has no life experience so. right right so that's that moment to me when she showed the compassion towards herself was was really cool and that was a really beautiful moment uh, I thought so at least there. The, there's some really good moments in this. I mean, the 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 battle at Camertaz where they're just where Wanda's fucking up the wizard school. Um, even visually, just the her new costume and the intricacies of her of her crown or or, or mask or whatever it was, and just you know her visually, it's 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 amazing to watch, and it's it's very Sam Raimi. That's one of the things I liked. There's there's all these weird Dutch angles, and he has it's. There's there's a lot of shots in there that that remind me so much of like the Evil Dead series. I mean, or, even plot line wise, it's pretty close to Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, just I mean, there's a couple of shots where like you know Wanda coming out of the out of the glass mirror. And she's 
creeping out like something out of you know out of the Necronomicon or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of like plotline wise similarities to Evil Dead actually. Yeah, so. yeah. So. It kind of, it very much so is a Sam Raimi movie, which is a good thing. I think Marvel is finally starting to get to the point where, and I don't I don't know if he ever was or not, but I know that he was very strict about sticking to the formula initially. Mm-hmm. Kevin Feige was, mm-hmm. and I think now he's starting to get a little bit of like, hey, you're the filmmaker. We want your vision to be in here. We just have to check certain boxes. Right. How you get there is pretty much up to you, but. You know, and it seems like he's because like Eternals very much so is a Chloe Zhao movie. I'm not seeing any of your other stuff, but that's what everybody tells me, so I'll take their word. Well, Love and Thunder is very much a Taika Waititi movie, right? Or right. not Love and Thunder, uh, Ragnarok, and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they're starting I mean, to get both of the Guardians of the Galaxies are very, very much James a Gunn, James yeah. Gunn movie. Yeah, so um, I think they're, they're straying away from the formula, which <clears throat> this one is very much so a Sam Raimi movie. So I I did dig that. <clears throat> I like some of the, the the character arc for Doctor Strange a little bit. I feel like they kind of, like, they, they open up his third eye at the end, and then, like, that's the smash cut, and you're like, okay, cool, like, oh, there's ramifications of him playing with the Dark Hold, which, right. in the comics, he has a third eye, and he uses it at really weird times. Sometimes it's, like, when he's doing things he's not supposed to, other times it's when he needs to Hulk out and, like, bust out some real deal it's, magic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's comic book powers. It's, it's, we need it to work exactly when we need it to work, and for some reason this this issue, oh my gosh, it won't work, but it's the one thing I need. Right, right. So, but like, they, the final scene before the credits roll is him, like, he's walking, and then his third eye opens, and he's like, ah, and he yells or whatever, and that shows, it kind of shows that, like, alright, the dark hold, he has some of that left over in him. And then, like, immediately in the mid-credits scene, he's just, like, walking around, and it's like, no third eye, and he's like, oh, I got this under control. And right. Then, and then when Clea shows up, he just opens it back up, so we're like, oh, a lot happened between that and that that we're just going to have to fast forward through. Right. And they're just like, oh, here you go. Um, but no, that was the one part of his arc that I was a little bit eh about. Um, I do like the fact that um, it was really addressed, the The whole theme was like, you have to be the one holding the knife, you're the one that's in control all right. the time. Right, it's, it's a line that uh, Christine Palmer tells tell Steven when they're they basically have a conversation about why they didn't work or whatever yeah and he says or she she says something to the effect of like no matter who else was in the room like out of all the doctors and all the nurses you always had to be the one holding the knife yeah yeah it it didn't matter what anybody's input was or whatever like you had to be the one in control right and we, we talked about that a little bit earlier but they reiterated a bunch of times so we will too um but I do like the idea that he kind of released control a little bit. It, See, I was thinking they never really addressed it. Like, they kind of sort of touch on it, but not really. You kind of have to squint to see it, but it is there. Again, it's it's so much movie that it's overshadowed, I think. Um, but, like, the idea that he's not, you know, kind of the Captain America line about, like, oh, we don't trade lives or whatever like mm-hmm. that. And ultimately, Doctor Strange is such a control freak or whatever that, like, he decided that it was worth giving the time stone... To Thanos because oh don't worry I got a plan right right of fourteen million six hundred and five we win one and I'm gonna give it to him and I'm gonna hope that that one plays out like dude your odds are pretty terrible I can tell you exactly what they are yeah exactly fourteen million six hundred and one yeah <laughs> um so yeah and so he he does that and it's kind of like who are you to make that decision mm-hmm. you know and also Wanda has that line about like I had to kill the man I love Vision who had the Mind Stone in him to try to prevent this. And it's like, I had to do that, and it meant nothing. She immediately, because you gave him the time stone, he could just undo that and then kill kill him again right, right. in front of me. Right. So right. I've had to watch that twice, and I had to kill him in my own series again, or you know, make him disappear in my own series. Um, and it's like, you made this call. 
And it's like, really, what is a hero? Is you've been to all these realities now, and in one of them, they defeated Thanos without, you know, he never got the power stones. Right. You right. know, or he never got the infinity stones. So, is it better, one, like, who are you to make that call? And two, it's like, what is a hero? Is it better for him to just say, I am going to fight till my last breath? before I give this man this time stone or just destroy it myself, Mm -hmm. is that the better alternative than me being Mr. Big Shot and being like, eh. And so he traded trillions upon lives for his plan. Granted, it worked out. So he can kind of say, like, see, I knew it. It kind of feeds his ego a little bit. But it was a shot in the dark. But then at the end, like, when he says, you know, uh, America Chavez is, like, getting her powers taken... And uh, they contain. They love containing people in magic balls. Yeah, in this movie. it's yeah. She's Wanda's contained in this magic ball, and America Chavez is like, "Oh, Steven, you're going to take my power. It's okay. I understand." He kind of has this epiphany as Zombie Strange. It's like, "No, I'm not going to trade lives anymore. Like, you can control this power. You are the one. Like, I'm going to double down on you because I'm not going to let you die or anyone else. You know what I mean? For my own sake, for my sake to gain this power." Yeah, it's, but it was still his plan that got them there in the first place. And not like, really. Like, he was pretty was, desperate at that point. Eh. He had possessed the... In my opinion, it was pretty desperate at that point. But um, I did like that. I thought that was a little bit... And again, it was overshadowed by so much of everything else that was going on that you didn't really pick up on. And I don't think they didn't really yeah, hammer they it just, home. They, they just sort of glossed up. I mean, like, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't feel that they really touched on the... I mean, they, again, they, they touch on it, but they never really hammer home the, like, and here's the lesson I learned, you know? Yeah, I, and I get I that. I mean, even at the end, he takes possession of the dark hole because, again, he feels like, I'm the one dude that this won't corrupt. Watch. Yeah, and he's... In the same sense that when he does that, he's also kind of... He's seen the, the outcome of it through Wanda and through the dark version of himself. And even Christine Palmer says, like, Oh my God, you are the exact same in every freaking universe. Right. Everyone said, don't worry, it's not going to be me. And like here you are doing it. But he's also willing to somewhat sacrifice himself. He's like, consequences be damned. I need to save this little girl. Granted, the consequences yeah. may be worse than what you're doing. But right. let's hear right. it there. So, Stephen Strain is really egotistical, and I think they didn't, he's not fully pivoted yet, but there was some moment where you can kind of see him relinquishing control and like, I'm going to put my chips on you, America, to, for you to save the day. And that's not, up to that point, was not like him to do. Again, there's so much movie that you kind of have to squint to see yeah. it, but it is there. It is there. So, that was something I did like. Again, really visually stunning. The... The score, incredible. Danny yeah. Elfman kills it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lizzie Olsen's performance crushes. The cameos are really cool. I really hope we get to see more John Krasinski as... Um, Reed Richards. As Reed Richards. Yeah. I really dug him. Yeah. Um, I really love the... They brought in the Patrick Stewart in his, you know, Charles Xavier floating hover chair. And they gave him the little, you know, 90s X-Men score. The... Yeah, that was badass. That was really nice. Uh Yeah. Yeah, and like the fight scenes are really interesting, even if they're wacky as shit, like the music fight scene where they're throwing stuff on a musical scale. That was really cool. I really dug that. Uh, basically, they they were pulling musical notes off of off of paper and and throwing them at, at each other and, and and then catching them in, in yeah a, in like, musical like, clefts I, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was very interesting to see and and here just it, it, it's a weird balance of how much the sound plays into a battle, um, which is. Not something that is usually done. I think the last time I had seen that was in um, Kung Fu Hustle. They, they sort of have a similar fight between musical instruments and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, good reference. Yeah, good pull. Um, 
But yeah, yeah so that, that, it was it was fun. It, it was a lot of fun to see that. I, I loved the the Sam Raiminess of it. I loved the uh, uh, zombie Strange just just, just at, at the end when he possesses the dead Doctor Strange's body in order to save the day, and then he's pulling in all these demons to make this demon cloak that makes him fly. I was like, that's that's the out. That's the that's the cover of a metal album right there. That's it pretty is. dope. <laughs> it is in the fact that it's also like Sam Raimi is the king of what some people would say is the greatest B-movie ever. You know, it's probably Starship Troopers in my opinion or, you know, Evil Dead where it's like he leans into the camp so so much and at that moment he knew, in my opinion, like, oh, we've jumped the shark. Oh, right. Like, yeah, this yeah. is the last half of the third act Right. And we're like now possessing spiraling and, out of control. So like let's just let's, let's do just it. make yeah. it cool. Yeah. At least. Let's just make yeah. it cool. Yeah. Let's yeah. just make it metal as hell. So like there there's a lot of things to like in that. But um overall it was a lot of movie. I, I, if somebody said they disliked it, I've heard a couple of people say mm-hmm. for either the, the Scarlet Witch story arc or just being way too much. Um I had the, the opportunity to see it three times, <laughs> and so I have a pretty good, my wow factor of the first one kind of diminished by the third, but I enjoyed it. It's definitely not top tier Marvel. I think it's better than like some of the more recent outings. I think it's better than Eternals, at least mm-hmm. more fun. Like nothing really, I think Eternals is a good movie, nothing connected with me there. Right, right. Um, I think it's better than Black Widow, that one kind of got away from them. So it's better than some of the outings I've seen recently, but it's definitely not top tier Marvel. It's, it's probably in the... The upper half, but yeah, I, I, if I had to, I don't know, I'd give it three out of six. I of Agamatos, I guess. You know, it's it. What's there is really fun to watch, but it just, I, it left me wanting a lot more, and I don't think that they ever really scratched the itch that I think that they were trying to go for. You know, just yeah, I'll give it a seventy-two cloaks. <laughs> Out of like 102. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I add the out of. Sometimes it's more fun to leave you speculating. Out of how many? How 70 million? I don't know. 72 cloaks, though. That's right. what I give it. Okay. Not capes, cloaks. Cloaks. We had very, very specific on that. See, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm really happy about the them pushing at least. It, maybe not as far as I'd like, but I think they're laying the groundwork. Definitely, they've shown the cards on the multiversal war. And again, man, if, if this gets us just a little bit closer to Secret Wars. Give me four more of these that inch, that inch it there. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Just inch me there till I get God Emperor Doom, and then he can just ransack everybody and be like, oh yeah, I'm also the savior of the universe. Did you forget? <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, whatever. That's the comic book. Read the comic book. It'll spoil everything. <laughs> yeah. dude, dude, I know some of y'all Google deep dive on this stuff anyway. So, um, But yeah, and any other thoughts? Any, anything else, man? On that movie at least? No, I mean that's like I said. It, that pretty much covers it for me, man. I think we've hammered it home. Hammered it home about as much as we can. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, like uh, I said it's it's a it's a great movie. It's you you have to have at least a working knowledge of Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. Like if if you're not familiar with these characters, don't go into this blind because you will be very confused and it just they they don't do a good job of explaining the whole like. And here's why. You know, it's right. a lot of and then and not a lot of we're doing this because XYZ as explained right here, you know. Right. Right. So, yeah, well, that's it on uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Anything upcoming you want to check out? 
Uh, I know the new George Miller movie is coming out pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. What's there, it called? The Thousand Years, 3,000 something? 3,000 like? Years of Wanting? Yes, there That's it is. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's also a David Cronenberg uh, body horror movie coming out. I have zero I interest. <laughs> well, he says his goal of that movie is to make people walk out. And I'm like, I'll great. save my money. Great. If anybody's going to do it, I trust in David Cronenberg. I, yeah, so. I just, yeah, it's not, not my cup of tea. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll watch it twice and give a lengthy review in there detail. You there you go. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's it for us today. Uh, please check out the, the website. Or not the website. The Facebook page. Um, just search What You've Been Watching there. We are at, uh, what are we on Google? On the Google Mail? Oh, What You've Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Gmail. What You've Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out there. Uh, Facebook, what is it? Dudley Bros Podcast? Dudley Bros Podcast. Dudley Bros Podcast. Um, you want to do our sign-off? Uh, go watch a movie and then uh, talk about it. For uh, the marvelous Mike Dudley, this is MD3 signing out. Outskies!